Books, and this is Grottopod. Today we have a special episode of Grottopod with writer Mary Ladd and San Francisco Chronicle bad reporter cartoonist Don Asmussen. Their conversation with Bridget Quinn was recorded on October 17, 2019 at the Beta Brand store on Valencia Street in San Francisco. The event was held to celebrate the publication of Ladd's new book, The Wig Diaries, which features illustrations by Asmussen. Ladd describes The Wig Diaries as a, quote, disrespectful cancer book, unquote. Indeed, there was plenty of disrespect on hand at Beta Brand, as Ladd and Asmussen swap cancer stories before a live audience, invariably finding the gallows humor in their circumstances. Enjoy. Testing, testing. Okay. I'm just going to step in quickly and explain what The Wig Diaries is because it is Mary Ladd and Don Asmussen's new book. Woo! Yay! That just premiered Saturday? Sunday? Sunday? Through Litquake at the Cartoon Art Museum. At the Cartoon Art Museum with the Blue Angels flying overhead. So that they was were there just brilliant. for us? Yeah, it was lively, but a little loud. So let me um, read the official description. The Wig Diaries is Mary Ladd's debut disrespectful cancer book. Mm. That's the only kind of (laughs) cancer book we like. Which covers and pokes fun at everything from diagnosis to treatment to medical bills. Those are so funny. (laughs) (laughs) I find those The phone calls are funny. (laughs) Um, With illustrations by bad reporter, San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you. Don Asmussen, Asmussen, not Asmussen. Yeah, you can say anything you want. Yeah, and (laughs) I am Bridget Quinn, the author of Broad Strokes, 15 Women Who Made Art and Made History in That Order. Um, More fun than that sounds. Uh, (laughs) I am a denizen, along with Mary, of the Writer's Grotto in San Francisco, and this podcast is actually part of the San Francisco Writer's Grotto podcast, the Grotto Pod, Writers on Writing. So let's just start where we are, which is on Valencia Street in the Mission District of San Francisco in October. We don't know when this is going to air. um, October brings to mind Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Lots of pink, um, lots of chances to shop, and (laughs) lots of reasons to be mad if you've gone through cancer. Um, You know, October, we already get to dress up, get ready. Dawn's birthday is on Halloween. It is? Really? Yes. Oh, my God. And so it's interesting that October was chosen as this reason to bring a lot of awareness, and the money doesn't necessarily make it to breast cancer survivors. Breast cancer. Oh, or help actual folks. Where does all the money go? Because they have the you know the marches and the potholders. So many corporations enrich themselves, and you you know there's lipsticks. There's um, uh, what's pots. what's the strangest association with the pink ribbon that you've seen or gotten as a gift? Potholder, I think. Um, I got a, a weird scarf, and so you can you can buy that at Salvation Army. It got donated, or Thrift Town, or one of the thrift stores. Do you think it's strange to give a breast cancer survivor a breast cancer thing? There was someone that offered to throw a jewelry party in my honor and sell pink jewelry, and I had to th- really think about it, why I didn't want to do that. Yeah, and why? Tell me. Why I felt so honored. People do really weird shit <laughs> when it comes to cancer and illness and death, and that was that was a weird one. Come to my jewelry party in your honor while I will make money off this jewelry that is to help you be aware of a disease you have. Right. I think it's lamer when people re-gift things for a cancer party. <laughs> <laughs> Such Seems as? Seems inappropriate. 
Oh, I, I'm not going to say. I don't want to doubt anybody. You don't want to give anybody any ideas. No. No. Um, yeah, it is weird, right? Because when I think October, I think Halloween. And there's something not nice about that association. October was, it, it was the month they chose. There's lots of pink ribbons. And some famous folks who were married to presidents started talking about their own cancer. And Candy yet, gives you cancer. Candy gives you cancer. So sugar gives you cancer. Beer gives you cancer. Oh. You should be drinking oh lemon water God, every this morning. Is a super downer. Yeah. yeah. You absolutely should be drinking lemon water every morning. That's some of the helpful advice I got from people. What is awesome when you say you have an illness is when people tell you all the things you can do to fix yourself, especially if it's cancer. I love it also when they tell me that I could become a um, award-winning baker. I could be an Olympian athlete. I don't even work out, you know, all these things. Wait, I don't like, get it. I'm not following you. So-and-so had cancer, and then they uh, went on to become a fill-in-the-blank. Oh. And so cancer you, gives you... Uh, superhuman powers. You can win the Tour de France. Um, okay. So what about, uh, what about like, um, Frankenstein? I have a lot of scars. I've had seven surgeries. I think that... Our, the book ended up being sort of like Frankenstein as well because it it's a bunch of it started as emails people would bring food I could barely walk I couldn't work as much and I had so many slashes and scars on my body from all of those surgeries and so Frankenstein is someone I completely relate to so that's why the book's a laugh riot yeah <laughs> yeah I was just I was going to ask Don do you have anything that you want to add about how scars are funny I had 80 Cancer? scars. 80? No, I'm just trying oh. to. You're trying to, tr you're trying to so like many, one up. I feel like I, I have to compete. <laughs> so, Mary, let's, let's back up a little bit, I guess, and say, this, is this your first book? First book. Wait. I thought my first book would be, yeah, first book. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm going to be honest. I have helped a lot of chefs and food world people, and I thought my first book would be about food. And so, in some ways, it is. It's about chocolate and ice cream and all that, but... It, you know, cancer completely changed what I write about, and yeah. this ended up being the book that, I guess, happened. You said, do you think there's a food connection, though, to, uh, to cancer? I mean, people brought you food? People brought me food. I, well, what happened is Isn't I did... Isn't it scary to bring a food person food? <laughs> yes. I had to tell them I like hot dogs, too. Um, they don't want oh, yeah, me yeah, yeah. to come over because they think I need fancy... I do like fancy trays of cheese. That's true. But um, I, like, I like a lot of food. But I, I was a food writer when this happened, and that's what I had been working on for many years for different publications. But once I got sick, it changed. I became a member of the Writer's Grotto, and one cool thing about being at the Writer's Grotto, there's 110 of us, 100 or 110, and you get to learn what are other people working on, what, what are they doing with their books, what are, how are they teaching classes, and so it sort of gave me the courage to try other things. And... So I started sending emails out, and someone in the grotto, Laura Frazier, said, have you ever thought of writing for O, Oprah Magazine, or doing a book? And I read that, and I was probably in my robe, sweaty and smelly at home with no hair, and I said, I have no idea how to do that. Tell me more, because I don't know Oprah, and, you know, and I've never <laughs> done a book. <laughs> and so it's sort of encouragement like that. How did you two meet? How did this uh, collaboration come about, et cetera? Uh, well, you should. You should, Don. I, I should? You have oh. the mic, yeah. darling. Well, uh, I didn't know Mary that well. I, I knew her husband. We had dated briefly. Mm. <laughs> behind I, her I hear him laughing. And uh, we, uh, we were doing, you know, we, we were 
I was suddenly getting uh, uh, these email wig diary uh, newsletters from Mary about her cancer, and I was the only person that wrote back abusively, <laughs> making fun of the person with cancer because that's how I deal with stuff. <laughs> it was before I had cancer, so I was really cocky about it. <laughs> it's like, are you stupid? You got cancer? You know, and then she, you know, and then I got cancer and I felt like an idiot. But um, anyway, that's, I, I would uh, make fun of her, her texts and emails, and then finally she said, oh, you know, maybe you should draw abusive drawings in the book to make fun of me that way. So I could visualize my abuse instead of just being fonts and words and verbs. So that's how we met. And what was the collaboration like working on the book? I mean, what was the process? Uh, we would meet in a very glamorous food court in San the mall. San Francisco City Center. Yep. And he would bring his drawings. And, you know, and we just, uh, you know, she described extremely gross things. <laughs> and then I would try to figure out a way of making them presentable visually. So it was just a, you know, a series of uh, disgusting comments and, and, and discussions. While you ate. While we <laughs> ate food. Eat? Yeah, it yeah. was great. And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, it came from that. So you would write it first, and he would illustrate it. I would write oh, yeah. it, and I would tell him, this is what I need. and then, um, But it would come and go, because it's, it's a very scary idea. I'm going to do a book. And, and so we would send it. I would send it to people. We don't really have any friends. He and I both don't really know anybody. And so we... Um, <laughs> yes, I can see that. We had no um, idea what to do. And so any of the people we did send it to, publishers and agents, it's interesting, you know? It has to be a very particular kind of... You have to be a guru or a, a famous a doctor or guru? oncologist. Yeah, you have to have like a Tuesdays with Maury thing going on. Right. Or like a, something about a dog that bugs you that's kind of like a, a cute dog but kind of ruins your life. They it has say to a, the best-selling books all have cats on them. Mm, that's true. That's so true. that's a little, you know, word of advice for you. Uh, we, we tried to work a cat angle into the cancer book, <laughs> but no one wanted to buy a book with a cat with cancer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like you guys having cancer is fine, but a cat with cancer, that's a super downer. Yeah, uh, and it was stage nine because there's nine lives. <laughs> so you take the book out, you get some rejections because yep. people don't think cancer's funny or because you're not a guru, but what, like, what's a cancer guru? Yeah, or are you a lifestyle person? You know, oh, they want yeah, this the lifestyle. Yeah, um, not really. You know, is it because you're nobody? There's that too, right? right. Yeah. Like if Angelina Jolie wrote a cancer Absolutely. book, Absolutely. that would be yes. hot, hot, hot. Absolutely. But she, there's the Angelina Jolie effect. She's the reason why I got a second opinion. She had just oh come out God. with her letter. Her letter say what that was saying yeah. that she had the gene that makes it more likely that she will have breast cancer or ovarian cancer. And so, so she had to get rid of Brad Pitt. Yeah, that he was, was the true cancer, he was the cancer in that case. But <laughs> she ended up, out. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She so, I mean, I, I remember reading this in, in your book, but she's the reason why you did some really important things. Like, she has had a, a direct effect in the world. My OBGYN told me the lump was nothing. She said, it's nothing. It's probably nothing. And insurance being what it is. My insurance is pretty good. And so I, I had no idea, who do I call to get a, a second opinion? I don't even know. I look at the website, there's 800 people, mm -hmm. but none of them are accepting new patients. And so it took two or three weeks for me to finally get somewhere. And then I was worried about what it would cost. And Oscar, my husband kept saying, it doesn't matter, just, just take care of it. So it took three weeks or four weeks for me to go to someone new who was, you know, you only have one OBGYN visit per year. And I was like, but I already did it. 
so this will be out of pocket. And I have decent insurance, pretty good, but I learned how much debt and how right. scary it can be where you're weighing, well, groceries or rent versus going to get this checked out. Right, and I mean, that's something that people who take medications are dealing with in America all the time. So it's really scary to then have it in your life immediately and realize, no, like apparently nobody's aware of this. Well, and that, so that's why I th thought maybe I would do some, once I was diagnosed, some tasteful YouTube naked um, cancer cam girl. And I had a friend who was going to film me on a beach and that could be a way this to, does pay, sound like a money to maker. pay my medical bills. It was an idea. I, unfortunately, I don't think there's really a lot of cancer cam gals. So, but that's um, why it's ideal. You'd be like pioneering this perversity. Well, and I could have used my different wig. So that's why I thought, well, this would be a good way. You know? Well, that's such a good segue yeah. because the book is called The Wig Diaries. And that's also what your, well, it's not really a blog. It was like a letter that you sent out, right? Yeah. So those emails were called The Wig Report. The Wig and Report. Then, yeah, because it's a report on what I'm doing. And it's easier than explaining to people messaging, how are you feeling? <laughs> How are you doing? How do you answer a text like that? What did I eat for lunch? That's what I can tell you. I don't know how to tell you how I'm doing or feeling. Did you get texts like that? How yeah, I just feeling? forward them to someone else. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, if you forward them to someone who's not sick, it's funny because then they'll, they don't know what to do. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I didn't have enough uh, friends who cared enough to, mm. to say that stuff. I think most of my friends were sarcastic in much the same way I was sarcastic with Mary. So I would get abused. And I liked that. So, but that's probably because of my parenting, you know. And actually, I do want to go back to parenting. And actually, since I'm already talking to Don, let's just start there. Ooh. So I asked Don how to pronounce his name when we started, Asmussen or Asmussen. Yeah. And uh, go ahead. It's a big debate. Okay. Um, I'm sure everyone's talking about it. Yeah. Um, it's been a hot topic my, tonight. No, my, 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 parent, my dad was named, uh, you know, John Asmussen, and, and my mother was named... Uh, Marion Fanning. So it was Fanny and ass. My whole life was just being made fun of by kids. Yeah. So when I got That's cancer, nice. I figured I, I'm going to just take it out on everybody else. I'm just going to give everyone shit. Yeah. So, you know, it's all because of that. It's abuse. like a full circle. I don't know if this was clear or not, but my book is about artists. How did you become an artist? How did I become an artist? Yeah. I, I was I was born one. I mean, I, did, I had no choice in the matter. It's the only thing I couldn't, I mean, I could do that and that's it. I couldn't do math. I couldn't, I couldn't oh read. God, I still can't read. Oh, I can read though. I, uh, I mean, I can't even, Reading I can't time. build anything. I mean, I suck. So I draw because it's my only outlet. Thank God you have that. Thank God. I know. I'd be on the street. Well, we're all relieved. That's my next podcast is my homeless podcast. So if you stick around. Well, you've come to the right place, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Mary, uh, you are, m I'm going to go out on a limb. Okay, I could be wrong, but you are certainly one of the, one of the very few people raised or born uh, and raised on hate street to evangelical Christians. It's true. I, um, we live near hate street and they were hippies and they went to a church called God Tidings. And oh, my they dad, were like Jesus freaks. My dad cooked at a restaurant called the Veggie Hut, and it was owned by someone from Glad Tidings. Why don't you just write a novel? Maybe that is another book. <laughs> I Maybe think it could be. We just don't know. tell you right now. Yep. I, so I was in that world until I was 11. So you saw so a few wigs, I'm guessing. Lots I don't know, wigs. was it different then? Was there no wigs on Hay Street in... I don't want to say when. Well, and then we ended up, we, um, we moved to the East Bay. So we were in Vallejo and Benicia, and we would Lots come back to um, San Francisco. That our, the, our church world was everything. That was mm -hmm. all I knew until I was 11. 
and even the school I went to was Christian. I'm trying to make a wig connection. Is there many, one? many There's wigs. None. So every Sunday <laughs> we had so many. So wigs were in church, not on Hate in Street. In church and at Hate Street as well. Okay. You know, it's sort of the drum circles are happening. There's pot smoke over there and yet there's church ladies walking oh. with their church you know their yeah. dresses oh, that yeah. are a lot more conservative and yet um, there's major flair in church and so mm-hmm. for me to go to church it was always I was dressed like a living doll because my grandmother would make these dresses for me and yeah the performers the pastor everyone on stage at church it's very important to dress up it's very important to put the best image of yourself possible it's kind of like theater too completely yeah so then when you got cancer and lost your hair, did wigs have a good association, a bad association? I had bought a wig uh, before I was diagnosed, and I was going to wear it to... I like thrift stores a lot. Um, I always have. That's what we... That we shopped there a lot when I was little. And so I bought a wig before I was diagnosed, and I put it on, and my son, he looked at me, and he said, you look like a witch. <laughs> and then... Awesome. My husband said, you know, I'm, I'm really dressed up. We, Oscar and I were going to go out. And he said, you look like a prostitute. And so I said, this is not the look I was going for. I thought I looked like a sexy mermaid. And so they're telling me I look like a witch and a prostitute. And maybe that's something there. But Not but what you were going for. Not what I was going for. Yeah. And um, I have a weak story. You should. Oh, please. Uh, when I was a, a, my first time I battled cancer, which was uh, around seven years ago, I... Uh, this was early cancer, uh, early interferon was the drug they used at the time for chemo. And I was on interferon for a year and a half, and uh, my hair, you know, it was supposed to fall, because all the fast-acting cells, hair was supposed to fall out because of this. And I remember at the time, the only thing I cared about was my hair, even if I had cancer. I was like, as long as my hair's there, I'm all right. You've got hair. Yeah, well, this is fake. So you look normal. This is all fake. But um, then at the time, the hair stayed for a long time. And then, I, you know, I was like, I have like three months left on chemo. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skate through this thing with hair. I, I'm going to grow a porn mustache. I'm going to go hair. That guy. And my wife got a, a trip to Hawaii for something, and I went with her. And we left our daughter, who was very, very young at the time, home with the grandparents. And we went to Hawaii and got there, excited. And then suddenly something happened. I don't know if it was the, the, the height of the plane going to Hawaii or whatever, but my thyroid shut down completely. So I got there not knowing that. And I went to the hotel, and we were getting ready. We were going to do something. She had a lot of business she had to do in Hawaii. So during the day, I would just have to walk around and look for trouble, and she'd be working. And that first day, when I woke up in the morning in the hotel and she had to go to work, I was super tired because I didn't know my thyroid had shut down. So I just figured, ah, I'll just sleep in for a while. I pulled the shades down like a Morrissey. You know, I was just like really <laughs> depressive. And I just stayed in bed the rest of the day. I never got up. Because it's Hawaii, so why not? And then I, was, I finally got up and said, oh my God, this is terrible. I got to eat, you know, at six o'clock I had one of those little, little boxes of cereal they give you in a hotel. <laughs> it was like fruity pebbles. And I ate fruity pebbles, <laughs> figuring that would bring me alive for the vacation. Because <laughs> that's what you do. Yeah. And I ate the Fruity Pebbles, went in the shower. I figured, okay, it's 7 o'clock, it's 7 p.m. I'm going to go out, I'm going to take a shower, I'm going to look good because my hair looks good. And I went in the shower, and then my hair fell out in the shower. It was really quick. All my hair was on the ground, uh, on the shower. And I remember looking at it going, oh, my God, my hair, right? It's gone. And that's the only thing I was living for at that point was oh, my hair. No. I liked combing. Yeah, and, uh, of course. So I, I went out, and I looked in the, in the, you know, I looked terrible. In the mirror, I was like, oh, my God. God, and I'm not even a good bald person, right? I, I've got like a lumpy head. Stuff, yeah. So I, I was really depressed, and then, 
And then, you know, I started brushing my teeth, and then all this red stuff was coming out of my mouth, and I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm internally bleeding. I'm going to die now. Later realized it was the dye from the fruity pebbles. <laughs> so I mistook that. But anyway, all this horrible, we had this, I, I stayed in bed the whole time we were in Hawaii. I think I went to the mall once, and that was how exciting it was for me. I went to sit through a Batman movie that was eight hours long, because it was Christopher Nolan's last Batman movie. It was like eight hours long, and I, you know, and I, and I just sat there and kind of like nodded during the whole movie, and people were just staring at me like, who's the bald guy with the blood coming out of his mouth, which is die. And so I finally went home, we flew back, feeling terrible, found out about my thyroid, but when we got home and got our kid back, brought her in the room, put her in the crib, she saw me for the first time and she saw there was no hair, and there was hair when I left. She yes. said, Dad, where'd your hat go? She thought my hair had been a hat her whole life. Well. You're stunned, aren't you? <laughs> I don't know if that's the only phrase going through my hair. My hair, oh my God. My head is hair helmet. Yeah, so well, like I guess it looked helmet. like a helmet at the time. I, had a, I was a supercuts kind of guy. <laughs> anyway, I didn't need supercuts for a long time after no. that. No. So I uh, saved some money. Thank you for sharing that story. I apologize for that. No, it was excellent. Okay. Let me see. I'm going to look for a good segue here. Oh, I know what it is. <laughs> Let's talk about your kids. So what's it like for your kids to, I don't know, have this experience along with you? It must be scary. Is it ever funny? They get to watch a lot of cartoons. That's good. <laughs> Bonus. Lots of pizza, a lot of freedom, and... When friends would offer, how can I help? How can I help? You know, people say take that. Take the kid. Take my son, I you know, because I would calculate totally. it. I'd be like, my son won't die if he goes with them. I think he'll be okay. You yeah. know, sort of like, I'll be able to zonk out and be a complete zombie. My, our apartment's small, but I could barely walk from our bed to the bathroom, you know, mm -hmm. and so I think it's just easier. But sometimes I would just watch a lot of TV with him and be in and out of sleep, you know, and... He really liked John Cena because he thought John Cena is anti-cancer. And so it was that was the connection he made, and that's the most emotional stuff we've ever talked I about. I don't know is what that is. John Cena, the, the, the strong guy. He's this wrestler or movie oh, person. Oh, a wrestler. Yeah. And, um, his a other, he's a terrible actor. Why don't yeah, we just say that? Yeah. But he's, he wears pink ribbons, and oh, he had um, like a poster, and, and his friend had the poster. The friend's mom had cancer, same, same kind, everything. And so they both just love John Cena. Oh, but that's and sweet. So I like that. So John Cena. What thank I you. found when I was a kid, my mother had cancer. She had a, a brain tumor. This is when I was younger. So I remember when it happened, you had that weird thing when you're a kid. If you're a certain age, you're like, wow, this is terrible. This is happening, but it's like a movie. And it's kind of like, I can get sympathy out of this. So if I went to school, I noticed some teachers wouldn't make me do essays because they knew my mom was sick. So oh. I, was scam I was scamming. I was like, yeah. oh my God, you know, my mommy feels even sicker today. And, you know, I'd say things, and I just really, you know, abusive to these teachers. I mean, I graduated. That's hard to imagine. I got a my mother's cancer got me through school, basically. <laughs> I got grades that you wouldn't believe that I didn't deserve. So now, now that I'm older and I'm with and cancer. And a professional artist. And if I'm you want to call it that. I'm not saying there's a professional. Connection. Anyway. I'm a professional cancer right now is what I am. <laughs> right. But now you that are I the have the cancer of the chronicle. Right. Yeah. Oh. And I, I'm I'm uh, now that I'm uh, I've cancer myself and uh, and I can think back to my mother's my mother's issues. My daughter, I find now is really kind to me when someone else is being bad to me, but not kind to me if I'm alone with her. So she knows if my wife gets in an argument with me, she'll say, "Dad has cancer. Don't yell at him." And I'm like, 
you know, yeah. we got a, we got a thing a going. Up. Right, right. Thumbs up. So here. that's great. But then I'll see her with her friends, and she'll mention I have cancer to her friends when she needs a little sympathy from them. So now I realize the whole thing's just coming back, and I'm getting scammed. Yeah. So I just advise anybody who, if you have a kid, talk the kid out of using it to get good grades, because it's just going to, the whole line, the whole family line's going to get screwed up. It just seems like a good, good thing to do. It's not? No, no. It's, okay. it's like an after-school special. It's like a, this is something about, there's a lesson to be learned here. Okay. Don't but exploit. Well, she's also learning she can't exploit people's feelings. Like, if, if you can't return slippers mm. at Macy's that your dad gave you that don't fit, and you're always freezing cold, and they're ignoring you and saying you can't return them, then you say, and you finally say, cancer. I'm cold because yeah, I have cancer. Use the cancer card, then the, their faces will just drop. I'll have say, you I'm ever so done this, sorry. Mary? No. <laughs> I got the slippers I wanted. I was very cold, and they wouldn't give them to me. You know what? And you I deserve got the, the slippers, slippers though. That's the point. So you your cancer them. card, you can use it and abuse it and use it to get <sighs> things. If you're a jerk person, you can do I that. I feel like that's awesome advice. Uh, I would like you to also offer advice to people who don't have cancer. And if you don't have cancer, do not say that. Right? That's only for people with cancer. You can't pretend you have cancer to return your slippers. I think that's important. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, an ethical line. If it's really hard at Macy's, I don't know. You got to do no. what you got to do. But, um, but uh, so what? But so no. you said one thing, uh, which is instead of saying, um, you know, what can I do or can I do anything? Say, uh, can I take your son or can I help you that way? What other? I mean, do you have advice for people when their friends, loved ones ha have cancer? How? What? What's the best way to show your sympathy and support? If you live nearby, uh, I'm, I tell you, I'm just such a glutton, but food, you know, just, just I'm, I'm delivering pizza on, and just tell them when you're doing it, and just, just bring it, or have it shipped to them, or whatever it is. Right, you because, can just call it now, just caviar yeah, everything. That's the easiest one. I, I, a lot of people, some people gave me cozy items, you know, and, and that was nice. I didn't have the time or the energy or understand right. how to get, like, a tracksuit that was really cozy and warm, things like that. I'm, I, I, I was always cold, so I liked having things that helped me. I get think warm. the best cancer gift is a sh uh, tickets to Shen Yun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, but maybe not. I feel so terrible. You have cancer. I feel awful, and now I'm so sad. Uh, how do you, like, that's not good to do, right? Not to put words in your mouth. Well, everybody's going to, again, they're going to act very weird and uncomfortable, so mm -hmm. people will say that, so kind of forgive them for that and, and let them, but. Yeah, for me, it was more when they, they were cancer deniers. I had two cancer deniers what in my that life. Mean? That When I told them I was diagnosed, they said, oh, no, and started to tell me why. I didn't have cancer. I was like, there's actually a couple doctors. I have some printouts. Mel Gibson's dad didn't believe in cancer. See, right. It's, what do you it's mean they don't believe in it? What do you mean? Can like, <laughs> like flat earth people? I don't understand. What is it? One of them was a flat earth pro probably, <laughs> but she honestly did. This is a blood relative, and she told me I didn't have cancer, and I'm like, you know I've what, got it. You, you know what's you're worse? Like, Bitch, I do. You know what's worse is canther birthers. I hate them. <laughs> they try to prove you born somewhere right. else. Right. Just because you have cancer. Wow. It, like, there must be a, like, there should be a word for it, like anti vaxxers, anti cankers. <laughs> well, maybe they just, yeah, they just, they don't want to believe that that's so true then for someone you have they love. To, and then there's and also people so. who then have all the solutions that aren't medicine. The yeah. pink items, the, um, well, are you trying this special diet? Are you right. doing yoga? And it's sort of, it just makes, uh, I don't know, you just feel more guilty. Like, I, I, it's my fault I got it, or uh, I'm, I'm not, not doing, doing the right thing. thing. 
I think, yeah, jinx. I'm not doing the right thing. Yeah. I think the biggest cure for cancer are cancer movies. That's yeah. my personal opinion. Oh. There's a lot of terrible cancer movies. Let's let's talk about some of them. I, that some scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Man. Oh, really? That, like after, remember those like movie of the week cancer? Oh movies? yeah, but the theatrical is even better because it's it's big. You know, oh, yeah. I want cancer like to be what? big. I want it to be like in sense around. I want I want to feel it. You know, and what's those kind of movies. What's well, the one where the there's mom always, dies? Well, there's the, the famous With Jack uh, Nicholson. Well, Love Story. Oh, Love Story. Right? Oh my I mean, God. that's a big cancer movie. Uh, another one I Brian I, Song. That was awful. Right? Another one that's very. And, and those movies actually cheer me because they're so corny and bad and the music's so <laughs> overwhelming. They can't possibly. I mean, my cancer can't be as bad as that movie. <laughs> So that's how I cure myself. And uh, I remember Elvis Presley had a movie called, uh, what was it, Cancer Clambake. Wait, is that a joke or is that true? It was a joke. Sarge, Sarge, Sarge it's a joke. Okay. Have you said about another uh, a previous evening? And I was like, wait, there was an Elvis Cancer Cancer Clambake. <laughs> yeah, that was I a good one. I believed it. I'm kind of gullible. And Hootna Cancer Hootenanny. That was another Elvis movie. People <laughs> love that stuff. That one was stuff. awful, no. Yeah. Um, any cancer movie favorites, recommendations? There's one with Kate Hudson, and she dies at the same exact moment her best friend is giving birth oh. so that you'll fully understand the circle, the of, circle life. of life is happening. <laughs> and that movie made me want to be dead. <laughs> is it was like so reincarnation bad. implied, or is there nothing like that? Hard to say. Hard there to was, say. There was one with Charlize uh, Theron and, uh, and the guy from uh, The Matrix, you know, Keanu. Oh, yeah, but I like that. That was filmed on Potrero Hill. And I remember I was working in a business, and they, the scene in the movie, because I had to go see the movie, of course, because it was, it was, uh, there was a scene where he chases her down the street because she's in a car. She's leaving. She's leaving to have cancer. I don't know. She's going to another country to have cancer. I don't she's know what she's doing. She's leaving. She's, she's leaving. she's leaving. She's going to the clam And I remember going to see them film that because everyone made a big deal on the Potrero Hill. Oh, they're going to be filming a scene with Shirley Stern. Uh, who was dating a rock star at the time. She was oh. like a, a big deal. So, Stephen Jenkins. Yeah, from uh, Third Eye Blind. Yeah. So I went to see it, and then they shot this scene where Keanu, you know, Keanu Reeves, he can't act very well, but he's, he's got some <laughs> charms. They shot, like, it was like a David Fincher movie. They shot like 60 takes of him running down the street to get it right. And I don't know, he couldn't run right. He was just, he is <laughs> it's not... It's so steep, Petrero Hill. Like, oh, you're giving, oh, you're giving him an out? Totally. Are you an apologist for Keanu Reeves? Anyway, he couldn't Maybe. run for crap. And I remember thinking, like, that's a bad take. And then, oh, that's a bad take. I mean, he was like, it was like the Abbey Road cover, like they couldn't get their legs right. He's like, get the legs right. And, and you know, you could see Theron, because they didn't have a stand. She, she was actually in the car. And oh you could see, God. I saw her in the car going... Nodding her head, and angrily. I'm thinking like that's worse than the cancer she's supposed to have. Probably is dealing with this shot. So, anyway, sorry. Don't uh, give your eyeballs cancer watching that. Right. What's Might the be. movie I'm thinking of with Deborah Winger? Somebody help me. Terms of Endearment. Oh, oh the son. Yeah, the kids had to. God. Yeah. Terrible. Okay, so last thing. What's the funniest thing about cancer? Go. The laugh track. Yeah. <laughs> The bathroom experiences are pretty funny, though. It's, it's just how I find it funny. How can I be in the bathroom for that long? <laughs> Having to. Did you get a lot done, though? Uh, you know what? It to depends make it, what you mean. To, to, yeah, what do you mean? And also, I, I have to invite like people that like are singers into my brain. Like at the time, like pretend they're performing for me because I'm in there. It's, it's long enough for a concert or something. I find it funny that I have to ask friends. Someone wanted to have a lunch. I worked with them, and I, I was really close to the, the woman who invited me, and I said, 
I know you can roll with this, but can you, can you, they had this private restroom and I said, I need that private bathroom. I need the key to that and no one else can go in it. Oh, Just me. Cause I, I needed to know that that, that would be available because the side effects from chemo and everything else is how can you have diarrhea and constipation in the same hour? I didn't know that was possible. And the amount of, you'd have to tell people, okay, this is an apocalypse now poop <laughs> or an apocalypse now redux poop. That has the dream sequence in the middle of the poop. So it could be about it three and a half hours long. That's okay, how you I, I just want to end right there with apocalypse now, dream sequence, cancer. Yes. Bam, done. Yeah. Okay, we have, say, five minutes for questions. If anyone has questions for Don and Mary, not for me. Now and no time. questions about cancer. Let's make it tough. <laughs> how are you feeling today? How am I feeling today? I'm happy. I'm excited to be here. I still am exhausted. I appear to be healthy, but I'm very tired a lot of the time. I'm lovely. <laughs> that I goes agree. without saying. Yes. <laughs> How do you deal with the continuing after effects and people's sort of being like, are you in remission? I, I, I'm not in current treatment, and um, there's no evidence of disease right now. I have to see my oncologist every three months. So when people, how do you deal with being tired all the time still and things like that? I think I just joke my way through it. And I also, I do get worried because I, you know, I have the eyeballs of an 83-year-old, but, so, but I'm really upfront about that. They were damaged from the chemo. And so, I don't know, I'm really grumpy with my family. They could attest to that. And then I fake it with everyone else <laughs> and try and... I don't know. I have a little dog, so I cuddle with the dog. But how do I deal with actual other humans? I don't know. That's a tough one. I just, I just keep going and having exciting things. But also, couch time, very important. You know, sometimes where my couch just, it's a magnet. I can't leave. Same with my bed and just go with that. And I didn't know how to do that before I was sick at all. I didn't know how to stay home. Or so be you still. don't use the cancer as an excuse anymore? To stay home or? With people. No, I, yeah, I don't use it, but I think, um, you know, people still say, oh, how are you feeling? And, or, or, you know, they still say, like, oh, but you look good. You look good. You're looking healthy. And it's sort of, I just want a sign that says, I'm tired, you know, but I think they might say, but you're older, right? <laughs> but Trump is president, right? You know, there's a lot of things that all, it can't just blame it all on the cancer. I think that's going to have to be our last word, unless, Don, you would like to say one last thing. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for coming. Well, that's our show for today. GrottoPod is concocted at the Writer's Grotto in San Francisco, and it's produced by Susie Gerhard, Daniel Pierce, Beth Weingarner, and George Higgins. Music is by Sugartown. Please review and subscribe to GrottoPod wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Ben Marks, and thanks for listening.